0: Every, storytelling is the buzzword right now. I mean, it, whether it's social media or for corporate organizations, everybody's t- trying to tell the brand their brand story and, and all that. And so it's because of that, though, everybody's telling stories and few are sticking, honestly, because just because it's a story doesn't mean it's going to be effective. If that's the case, there's a lot of movies that were complete duds that because they were a story, they should have been effective. If that's not the case.
1: Helping church leaders amplify their impact, and reach their communities. This is the Amplified Impact Podcast. Hey, 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 digital communicators. This is the Amplified Impact Podcast where we help church leaders amplify their impact and reach their communities. Hey, I'm your host, Johnny Flash. It's great to be with you all. This is episode seven, Effective Church Communication with Phil Baudel. And you're going to really love this episode. We've got some great things in store for you. But before we jump in, I don't know about you, but the weather here has been amazing. It's been really beautiful here. I've been out mowing the lawn. My wife's been working in the garden. And my wife has a running path that she goes on. And it kind of you have to go through the woods to sort of get to the neighborhood that we run in. And so I, just, my father-in-law uh, let me use this trailer that we've uh, been pulling around, so I can put my zero-turn mower on the tractor. And now instead of having to weed whack this path to get to this this trail, I can mow it. And so I was like, "Oh, this will be great!" I'm gonna. So the other this just the past weekend, I took the my zero-turn mower over there. And I was mowing. I had it pretty much all done. I went to leave, and I had to kind of go up this little bit of a hill, and there was some l- logs in the way, and so I had to go around them, and I got stuck. <laughs> it was so, it was so bad because uh, my wife was watching not only our four kids, but they each had a friend over, so there was eight kids, and I had the family minivan, so she was stuck at home with the car, so she couldn't even come help me or anything, and so she ends up taking a trek through the woods with eight kids. Uh, on an adventure in order to uh, come rescue me and our, and our neighbor came and helped and stuff. And it was just, it was kind of comical. Now looking back at it, it wasn't when I was stuck there trying to get out for like an hour and I just could not get back to where I had parked the trailer to get my zero turn home. But anyways, uh, hopefully you're enjoying this good weather. It's been really nice here. And the good news is my zero turn is no longer stuck. So uh, I'll be more careful next time. Hey, if you didn't know there's a video version of this uh, podcast where you can see the image of me stuck uh, uh, with the zero turn stuck and everything, so make sure you subscribe to the podcast uh, on iTunes. Go watch the video on amplifiedimpact.org. You can get all the show notes there as well. Also, over on the website you'll see we published a new article recently with the top free stock photo websites. Uh, because there's a whole bunch of them out there and sometimes you know obviously it's always best to use an original photo to take photo of your own people and that kind of thing as much as possible but sometimes you're doing a design or something or you need have a blog post or something and you just need a stock image and you maybe you don't want to pay for it so there's a whole bunch of free stock images but we've gone through over 100 free stock photo websites and have picked out the best ones so that you can save time and find good quality images. So check out that article while you're on the website. I think you'll find uh, that list of top websites really helpful as well. Well, uh, as I mentioned, uh, Phil has a wealth of information. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. So let's get right to it. Phil Battle is the Creative Arts Pastor at Westridge Church in Atlanta, Georgia, and he speaks at conferences, he blogs, he is just, he just has such a passion for the church that I really appreciate. And so here's my conversation with Phil. Hey Phil, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Hey, thanks so much for having me, John, appreciate it. Hey, so um, tell a little bit for people that don't know you, why don't you just give a background of what you do, where you're at, what, what, what you've been up to.
0: Yeah, I am in northwest Atlanta at a church called Westridge Church. I've been here for seven years. I got my start here uh, as the communications director, came in and kind of built that that team and department, started overseeing the video aspects of that as well. And uh, my overall though, my passion has always been telling one story through everything you communicate. And so over the last three years, I've been, I've stepped into the creative arts pastor role. And so at our church, what that looks like, that means that I, I oversee our department of anything creative that involves, you know, worship production media and communications um so we kind of serve as a central service to our whole church but a, as a ministry to uh to our whole church as well so it's a blast i love getting to getting to do what i get to do it's
1: fun and, and give uh, our listeners an idea how many staff and volunteers approximately um are kind of in your oh area of ministry
0: in our area, um, it's about twelve staff, um, full and part time, and then volunteers. It's it's over a hundred okay. awesome. um, that are make up over all of those four areas of of our team.
1: Yeah. And are you guys multi site down there or uh, one? We are
0: not. Okay. We are a church planting church, so we've done that before. But our, our heart's more into um, planting and sending out new churches and, and helping even send out our people to those. So that's more of our lane right now. Cool. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Well, hey, I know that you have grown up in the church as I have
1: and um, you know we were talking before we started rolling the camera here about just you know growing up and it was just so different you know 20 30 years ago Uh, I grew up with the flannel board uh, you know Sunday school when I was a kid you know and it was like the teacher would put up the little uh, little flannel board things and tell the stories and it's just stuff has changed so much Um, and then what how have you seen things change from your perspective
0: Oh man! I mean, especially in the area where where I do ministry, I mean, the the communications director used to be the the pastor's assistant, you know, that was doing the bulletin each week. Um, the video wasn't really even a part of the picture. Um, worship used to was really hadn't changed a whole lot in that section, or we, and we've obviously seen a lot of of um, changes within the last couple decades there and how worship is done. And so the way that, the way that church happens now, it's, it, not only has it changed, but there are so many new resources and opportunities we have at our disposal now um, that give us a whole different way and a whole different playbook to be able to do ministry. Um, but at the same time, the challenge and the burden I have is that I see so many churches that are still using the same playbook they had 20 to 30 years ago and um, and that playbook isn't going to work anymore because a lot has changed in that time.
1: Yeah, no, I think you're. I think you're totally right. I mean, I was. Work- I've been working with a church out in Michigan who. Uh, is trying to kind of turn that corner because the church has been shrinking. You know, it used to be seven, eight hundred people on the weekend. Now it's just a few hundred, and they've kind of been doing things the way that they've been doing them for a long, long time. And so their yeah. congregation's getting older, they're not able to reach people. So I think this is uh, a timely subject. So uh, yeah. let's kind of unpack some of these areas that you mentioned, you know, um, with the worship service. How have you seen with, with uh, things change, you know, and how have you adapted, whether it's at your church or just what you've seen churches doing um, to to reach people now versus, you know, maybe before?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think 30 years ago, uh, people were attending church in a very different way. I mean, most people were coming. Uh, almost every week or much more frequently now, the the more that we get a better grasp of, of who's coming to our church. Our church may look a little bit different than, than others, but I know a lot of other churches that I'm talking to and hearing from, the average attendance is not three to four times a month. It's more one to two times a month. And so that changes, that alone changes everything. Because um, I, I see, I, you know, things that we're trying to consider now that we're actively talking about, as and our team is, how would, we, how would we communicate differently if we knew that the people we we're trying to reach are coming 12 times a year, one time, or one time a month? How does that change the songs that we, that we sing? How, how frequently we do those songs? Uh, how does that change how we communicate? If it's something that's so important that we want everybody to know, we can't communicate it once on one Sunday and assume that everybody's going to know it. So there are so many things that we need to change and tailor for and and change how we communicate because the 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 people that we're reaching are, are different you know I think 30 years ago too there, was, there, was so, um, th- there were not near as many things competing for everybody's sole attention. And now that's the most valuable commodity we have, and, is, that, is somebody's attention. Um, so when we think about that in the context of our, of our services, we know um, a lot of uh, the thing that I see is a lot of churches are basing their communication strategy and, their, and, and basing their services around the assumption, the bold assumption, that they actually have their audience's sole attention when that's just not the reality, <laughs> unfortunately. I mean, I think that, that my favorite stat is that the, um, the average goldfish has an attention span of nine seconds and, and, and people have an attention span of eight seconds. So um, it's easy to talk to a room thinking that everybody's soaking up every word, but the reality is that's a, the attention that we that we have of, of the people that we get to steward is a valuable commodity, and we got to handle that with uh, as good stewards of everything that we're communicating because everything we do communicates every song, every announcement, um, every um, you know every story we share, everything we do communicates. So it's it's a huge burden that we have in, in the church, no matter what the role is that you play, whether you're staff or volunteer that we get to play a part in helping make these things connect and tell the story of what God's doing in and through our church. Hmm. Hmm. So
1: what are some of the things that you all are doing either at Westridge or, or you see other churches doing that's um, helping steward that attention, whether it's, you know, the announcements, the song selection, the the storytelling, like let's unpack that a little bit.
0: Yeah. I'll start with announcements. Like I've, you know, the, nobody goes to church for your announcements. If you think, it, it, the, right. as a staff member, it's easy to be thinking about, oh, we've got to announce this, we've got to share this. As a pastor, you have the burden of wanting people to show up on Sunday, show up to your events. The reality is, though, nobody is walking out of your service and, and nobody's been t- talking about in the in the you know, North X or the atrium or whatever yeah. in your church saying the announcements were amazing today. You know, like nobody's <laughs> saying nobody's saying that. Um, so the thing that we're really trying to do as, as a church is build some standards around what we're going to communicate from stage. And really, those are the standards not only we use for for stage communication, but really across the board from social media, from our website, from our, our what, what our creative team is putting the most of our energy into. And so we really try to figure out for each week of the year, what are the one to two um, things that we want everybody in our church to know. Whether they're here on Sunday or they're connecting with us on social media that week, we want the messaging to be the same. And so that means that for us as a as a creative team I can I can tell anybody on our team through video and worship and, and production and communications to say hey here's our focus area for what we're communicating as a church over these this week and also I mean, we we're mapped out through the end of the year so that we can be mapping out stories and ways to connect the things that we're communicating as a church in a whole a lot more strategic way than saying every week on monday all right what are we announcing this sunday pastor what do do you want to share you know so we're able to be more strategic about what we communicate and how we communicate that but more importantly we have time to map out the why behind what we're communicating Um, it's easy to say things from stage and and lose sight of um, knowing that everybody's filtering those the things that you're communicating through, why should I care? Like the, so, um, we really try as a team to to be ab- advocating for the people in our audience, and knowing trying to answer the questions that they're asking, and try to connect with them in a way that that um, that we can connect with them to help them take their next step in their walk with Christ. So. That even impacts the songs that we do. Um, you know, if we we we've tried to limit our playlist more strategically in seasons. So, um, no, looking at each probably three time, really three blocks in the year of January to um, January through May, um, June and July over our summer months, and then uh, August through November and looking at what songs are we strategically trying to communicate and share as a church so that we're not doing the same song every week, but they're seeing some repetition and those people that are coming one or two times a month, they're not walking in every time to church saying, okay, I've never heard any of these songs. Right, a whole so new we're,
1: playlist. We're seeing, and Yeah, exactly, yeah.
0: and it, it's it, without being careful, it, it's easy for the worship leader or the pastor to say, man, I'm, I'm sick of these songs you know, and stuff, but the reality is if people are coming, um, less frequently, it puts more emphasis on making sure that we're we're walking them through the the, the songs that we're sharing and 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 singing corporately as a church. Yeah. Um, so it, it changes how we how we do that stuff. Well, and, I, um, and, and it, how we communicate. Oh, it.
1: sorry, I'm sorry to jump in. I was just going to say that you know I I know when we put on worship services, right? Like I play bass guitar, and so I think it's easy for the worship band to get tired of the songs before everybody oh, else yeah. does, right, because we rehearse them, we have a mm-hmm. p- rehearsal before the service, we do a lot of times multiple services, and so we've done the song like five, six, seven times, plus all the rehearsal at home, you know, and then we get tired of these songs, and people have only heard them maybe once that month, like if they were even there on that week, right? So exactly. I, think that's, I think that's huge.
0: Yeah, I mean, it changes how we even plan, knowing that we're thinking about it kind of, and there's three chunks in the year, it allows us to um, think strategically about what's the best time to share this song. Uh, you know, when that song, What a Beautiful Name, came out from Hillsong, we were holding on to it for a while. Even though it came out, I think, at the end of last year, we we're like, this is, we want to build around this for Easter. We want to do a lot of, of moments and, and, and kind of build momentum around that song. So knowing that we were planning around that time in the year, it gave us some time to think strategically about that and be able to build momentum around the song instead of every week being a week into itself. You know, I, I think the other, the, the burden I have for the church as well too, is that most, the, most church leaders that I talk to, um, are not super content with how they plan. I mean, and most staff people that I talk to are completely overwhelmed by the lack of planning. And it's, it's It's almost like a newspaper, um, company of, of every every day that they're putting a newspaper out every you know after every paper's out the next day they're like all right what's our systems for how we're going to do this how we're going to how we're going to do the paper this next day and it's really i mean for we have 52 rhythms every single week, every single year to do what we do in, in a, in a um, healthy good way and so um, i think it's important for us as church leaders to to lead well and plan well so that we can engage more people on our staff and 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 um, volunteers and do that in a healthy way and that fits within every communications worship, the sermon planning, all that stuff. It's critical um, to set our team up for success and how we do that.
1: What would you say, because I think you're right? I think there's people listening that are like, "Wow, they have a whole year of announcements or sermon topics or whatever planned out. You know, and a lot of people listening are probably the ones that desire to have more more of that planned out, but maybe mm-hmm. um, you know they're not quite an authority to make that decision or they have to get other people sure. on board. What are some ways that you've uh, been able to see people lead in that area of more planning, more thoughtfulness, you know, thinking ahead?
0: Uh, a couple of things. One, you're not going to change the. Uh, you can you can add value to your pastor or senior leader, but you're not probably going to change them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what? But what? What often happens in that is that people give up hope of, oh, my pastor doesn't like to plan. When the reality is, he may not have the time to put some some of the groundwork together to be able to plan. And so the key, I think, is to be able to figure out whatever your organization, whatever your organizational structure is, is to figure out where can you add value to the process. For me, early on when I came into Westridge as communications director, I was trying to churn out series designs within like a week and try to create a promo plan really fast because we didn't really have the rhythm in place to plan out ahead. And so for me, the area that I started to see an opportunity for is. Hey, it, me just kind of raising my hand saying, hey, would you mind if I put together a, a calendar um, meeting request for us to be able to sit down you know, about once a month to be able to talk about what's coming up? And funny thing is they said yes, and that we were able to start building a, a proactive plan around just getting everybody in the room that needs to talk about this to get it on the calendar and to, and to put, put that plan in place. We didn't need, know every outline for every message. We didn't need to, but we got enough overview to, to be able to – Execute our ministry well and plan plan accordingly. So it all really started with just saying adding value in one specific area that helped everything else start to fall into place and then just start to get uh, Chip away at every step to be able to make it um, more effective and stuff. But You know, like I said though, you can't you can't change your pastor if he's a if he's a um, You know a I want to walk into every single week and just have my own, you know, come into every week unto itself, and just kind of plan on Monday, then release the burden and the expectations you have for yourself of trying to make every week um, incredible and and every design incredible and everything like that for every week. The reality is, if that's the case, then build your expectations around that instead of fighting that. <laughs> And uh, and work from there, but again, just figure out where you can add value to the process. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, I think that's good. I think it's amazing how having a deadline or a meeting even gets the pastor who wouldn't normally have the time to think about it or whatever. But if they know they're going to be in the room with the church leaders, exactly. and they have to talk exactly. about what we're going to do next month or the following month or whatever. Then they they do spend some time, even if it's kind of at the last minute, even if it's the day before that meeting or whatever. You know, uh, and I think that that those deadlines yeah. do help a lot. So. I noticed uh, on your website that you guys have, you know, a story on there and you guys are really into stories and telling stories. Let's talk about that a little bit and kind of how you're doing that. What you're seeing is working now versus before and so on.
0: Yeah. Well, every storytelling is the buzzword right now. I mean, whether it's social media or for corporate organizations, everybody's trying to tell the brand, their brand story and, and all that. And so it's, because of that, though, everybody's telling stories and few are sticking, honestly, because just because it's a story doesn't mean it's going to be effective. If that's the case, there's a lot of movies that were complete duds that because they were a story, they should have been effective. That's not the case. Um, and so for churches, what I, when I talk to a lot of people, I hear them saying, "I'm you know, I want to tell a story about small groups or I want to tell a story about life change here. And what we tend to gravitate to are the most sensational stories, the ones that are the most radical of like, uh, you know, it's the small group that is uh, that somebody in their small group is is in the hospital on their deathbed and everybody gathers around them. And they they pray over them and they're healed. And that's the story we share. And that's the reason why everybody should get involved in small groups. When <laughs> the, the reality is, I think the, the key to storytelling, what, what I'm learning is that the best stories really are are simple and, and they tell a story of somebody overcoming a barrier that they can relate to. Um, so it's not about what you're trying to tell as a church, It's is how you're trying to connect with the people in the seats. And so if you're trying to communicate value around your small groups, the best thing that you can do is say, okay, if I want to if I want to help people get involved in small groups, and I want to I want to tell a story around that, well, what are some of the barriers that are getting in the way from people getting involved in small groups? Well, it's probably things like busyness or saying, oh, that's weird, I don't want to sit around in a in a circle in a living room for. Uh, with a bunch of people I don't know or things like that so for things like that our approach is less around what's the most sensational story we've ever heard from small groups and it's more hey who's somebody that said hey I'm too busy or I don't want to be in small groups I'm, I don't that's not my thing and who's somebody that walked through and overcame that barrier and is now um, experiencing life change through that and so the difference is it, I remember we that was the scenario we did like three or four years ago when I was really trying to study this and it was incredible because the story we shared it was like it wasn't it was good it was effective it was done with excellence but it wasn't it certainly wasn't sensational and anything it wasn't going to get you know 200,000 views on on YouTube but it increased our small group engagement like crazy that over over that season of, of um, engagement in small groups, and so many people said, "Man, I, that that video, that's me. I, I'm saying I'm too busy. I'm, you know, or I, I feel like it might be weird, but if, if it, I relate so much to that couple that was talking about that in the story, and so again, the the key is to tell stories that people can relate to, and and share stories of people overcoming barriers that that um, they see themselves in. And so that that's what we spend most of our time on in stories. And really that's that's our key promotional tactic. It's not about the most compelling announcement strategy or the, the coolest graphic. It's telling stories that people say, that that's me. That's that's where I need to um, they have something that I don't have or they're experiencing something I'm experiencing, I need what they have. So that's, that's what we focus the most on for storytelling. And for
1: your call to action, are you, are you combining that with a live person before or after that video or are you, are you tagging it on to the end of the story yeah. or, or how are you doing that most of the
0: Usually, time? Usually there's four components of every story that we're trying to identify and that's what's the problem we're trying to solve or what's the problem they were trying to solve. What was the solution that they found um, through that? What's, what, what's their overall story in a sentence? Um, and what's the call to action for them for uh, for the people watching? Those are the four questions we're trying to answer for every story. So for the problem that was, I'm too busy, but I don't have community in my life. You know, for the solution is once I got involved in our, our small groups, we started to grow in our faith. We got to grow in community with others. The story in a sentence was, I'm too busy, but uh, I was once too busy, but now but now I'm experiencing life change in small groups. You know, and the call to action is hey, if that's you, then then here's how you can sign up for uh, getting engaged in a small group. So that helps us build our strategy around that to to refine the story everybody's story is, doesn't fit neatly in a 4 minute video yeah so we ha- it's up to us as a ministry to be able to, to kind of tailor focus in and tailor on that story to make sure it's going to best relate to the people we we're, we're sharing the story with and are you
1: finding the stories to be most engaging filming them like where the people are where the small group is or do you have them come to the church or are you kind of mix it up what what have you been doing it
0: for that it really depends i mean we we don't have a we don't have one standard room or setup or anything like that. We try to just we try to look at what best tells that individual story. I mean there's sometimes where we've done it where it's it's somebody we're capturing somebody more as a voiceover because they're not great on camera communicating but they have a they have a really compelling story so we're showing b-roll the whole time and we're having them do a voiceover that's that's best for that story but others they're a super good communicator we've done that through we've done a pre-interview with them and we know that they're going to be effective in that so we want them talking directly to the camera so that it feels like they're talking directly to the audience so it really just depends on what it is, but we try to say what's going to best tell this individual story instead of trying to get it to fit into our mold of, of what we do.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, the last area I just wanted to kind of pick your brain on because I think this is this is what everyone's talking about is the social media and the engagement and how to really leverage that in 2017 versus you know I mean it didn't even really exist a decade ago, more or less thirty yeah. years ago. You know, so um, yeah. Well, what are you guys What are you guys doing? What's working? Um, what What tips do you have there?
0: Well, I mean, the, the average church is still using social media like a bullhorn mm-hmm. instead of using it as it's designed, and that's to engage with people. Uh, it's a relational tool. It's not an advertising tool. Um, sure, you can use it for advertising, but the, the potential in, in social media is, is the stories that we can tell, the people we can connect with, the two-way conversations we can have. And so the, the three aspects we're trying to do with social media at Westridge are three things. We're trying to inspire people. Um, we're trying to engage people, and, tr- and we're trying to encourage people. Um, and and within that, we're trying to inform them with next steps that we can help people um, with that would help them take their next step with their walk with Christ. So the tendency is, if without a strategy to engage and connect with people and encourage people, um, the tendency gets to okay, what did we put in our bulletin this week? And that's what we'll just copy that text and post it on there, and it becomes a bullhorn instead of a way to be able to tell stories around what we're trying to do as a church. So you know, for us, we're we're really intentional about what people um, experience when they when they see our posts. We want them to feel um, we want them to feel like a a sense of, of engagement and like warmth, and we want them to see our people. So we do very few graphics on there because nobody I don't go on Facebook or Instagram to see people's graphics like nobody does that. Yeah. And so we really try to use our goal is we want to build a, a social media platform that, that we ourselves would want to engage with. Uh, so we try to have fun too. We'll do goofy videos and try to help um, be the best, authentic version of our church and our leadership as we can be, because that's what people are going to connect with. You know, we don't. Again, nobody's going on um, social media to to connect with what people are announcing that day. Um, so finding unique ways to encourage people where they're at, inspire them with with um, with. Uh, what's going on in your church, but also just things that would add value to their lives. Like that That's what we're trying to focus on as much as we can, and do that through um, the perspective of our people, not through our staff.
1: And so you're doing videos and stuff that are, uh, are you doing Facebook Live, or just videos tailored for social media, or are you kind of recycling videos used in another way, like shorter versions, kind of, how do, what's it look like? Yeah.
0: All of the above. Okay. I mean, it really depends on the depends on the um, the platform. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you can't treat Facebook like Twitter. You can't treat Twitter like Instagram. Um, you know. So, but what, one thing I would say that we have we have changed is more often than not, we're thinking about through our, our video content and our communication strategy. Uh, how would this work on social media? How would this would this be something I myself would want to share on my feed? Um, and that's really the filter we try to use because if it's not, then it probably isn't going to connect on Sunday morning. It's probably not going to connect on social media anyway. With the algorithms for Facebook, they're probably never even going to see it. So if it's not something we ourselves would want to share, and we're also trying to think through, um, you know, for especially for video, uh, more so, we're thinking just as much about would it work on social media as it as would it work on Sunday morning? Because we've had some, we had a video at, at Easter we shared a story on there and um, and in our services about 10,000 people saw it that were um, here at our Easter services. But online it's like 50 or 60,000 people. So it, the ex- we've extended the reach on that far more outside of our walls than inside. And so that means a lot of the, the stories and the video that we're doing, we're trying to really be careful about how, the, how that story is gonna translate on social media and using that to, to lean into how it's gonna work in the services. Um, just as much, you know, so it it has changed our perspective a lot, but we're seeing the fruits of that in both environments. The things that we feel like, oh, that's only going to work on social media are the things that we're realizing, hey, that's actually working better in our services before. And I think that that would be the encouragement, too, is there's a lot of things that uh, for for all the churches and leaders engaging right now and listening in is that there may be some things that you can just do on social media that aren't on services that are actually going to reach more people. They're going to connect with more people than are going to be there on Sunday morning. So, uh, the the thing about social media is that it's a ministry tool. It's not just a it's not just a communications tool. So if but you have to use it and think of it like that. Um, so if you can use social media like ministry, you can extend the reach broader than you than you ever could have imagined, and you can do that in incredible ways for your church that still uh, tell a story of what God's doing in your church.
1: No, those are great. I think those are great filters. I like the inspire, the engage, and the encourage, you said, and the, the filter of just, you know, how is this going to work, this video content or whatever, how's it going to work on social media versus in the service, kind of thinking that through ahead of time versus getting to the end, you have this finished video, and you're like, oh, wow, we should have done it a little bit differently for it to work well on social media or whatever. So I think those are great, great insights. Well, hey, I want to uh, move on to our Amplified Impact speed round. So I'm going to fire off a few questions. Um, You can just kind of give short answers here, uh, sort of what comes to mind. So uh, what's the first thing that you would say any new church communicator director needs to know?
0: Oh, good question. I I would say that the tendency is you want to focus on just advocating for the staff and the best communication leaders advocate for their audience first. So thinking everything through, um, what does my audience need? How do they need it? How can I best communicate to them? And then translate that through the staff. um, Second,
1: what what's that's great? That's great. I love that. What's the best thing that you've done to attract new visitors to your church, or one of the best things that you've done?
0: Oh man, we do. uh, We try to use a number of tactics. Uh, One thing we did, we, we found in our church there were a ton of people that. Um, live within driving range of our church but a lot of people that don't drive the direction of our church they don't know we we are here so over the last couple years we've done um, we did a thing called lights at westridge and it was basically a free christmas light experience on the front of our building that just went crazy over just decorating it and, and syncing that up to about 15 minute light show and saw like you know, twelve to fifteen thousand people come through each year. Our attendance grew like crazy, um, with new people coming in right after that. But we had to, the problem we were trying to solve was what would be something that would people that would get people to actually walk through our, our church and connect with us that otherwise wouldn't. Um, so that was that was super successful for us. We enjoyed that.
1: To even know that your church is there, right? Because they show they yep. hear about yep. this light show, they show up, and it's like, oh, I didn't even know there was a church here, right?
0: Exactly. That's cool. Exactly.
1: That's cool. Yep. Um, Let's see. Do you have any? I know we talked about sermon series planning and stuff, but do you have any tips for promoting sermon series?
0: Yeah, speak to. I mean, not every series is a felt need series. You know, sometimes it's a book study or you know, it's it's a character study. But every sto- every series should speak to a felt need or a, a problem that that's going to be solved for their audience, uh, for the audience you're trying to reach. So. Figure out the problem you're trying to solve with every series and y- use that to drive your communication strategy for how you're communicating that and building awareness around that that service. Or start your message off that way to know, here's, here's what I'm trying to help solve in your life or here's what the scripture is going to be able to solve in your life.
1: That's good. That's good. What, what's your favorite tool or app for ministry?
0: Oh, man. Um, there's so many. The thing that keeps my brain... Um, alive in a lot of ways and getting things done is the, is an app called Things by a, a company called Cultured Code. And so that's how I get everything I do done um, for myself. So I can schedule out tasks in the future. That's how I organize my all, everything I do and and keep reminders in place and all that stuff. So it's more of a personal thing like that, but but it's critical for, for my workflow on how I get things done. It's
1: so funny that you mentioned that because I just started using it like a few weeks ago. I had been using Wunderlist before to kind of do some of that stuff, but um, I'd heard about things and so I, I've been using it. I really like it.
0: Yeah, here's the game changer about it for, for me is that I can, if I'm not careful, like I, I really like my inbox to be at zero, uh, which is dangerous for me, and so what I try to do is instead of uh, instead of just answering every email that comes in, I'll put it into, if it's actionable, I'll put it into a task and I'll drag that email into the notes feature of things and that way, I can treat that email like a task, and so I don't spend I, So That helps me um, keep from spending all day in an email and not getting the big, um, more important things done that I need to. So it kind of puts everything in, in priority in that way. So that it's it's critical for me. I don't know what i do without That's cool.
1: It. That's cool. I'm going to give that uh, drag in the email feature a try. I haven't, I haven't tried that, so I'm going yeah. to try that. Cool. Well, hey, this has been great. Tell folks I know uh, they want, we want to just pick your brain some more, but what's the best way to connect with you?
0: Yeah, you can uh, any number of ways. You can you can connect with me on email. You can email me at phil at com, p h i l at phil um, p h i l b o w d l e dot com. So feel free to email me, or you can connect with me on Twitter at philbowdle, or on Facebook, just search my name, or you can um, find all. A lot of the stuff we talked about, I've blogged around um, these topics as well at philbattle.com and you can uh, connect with me there if you want. I do some one-on-one coaching as well so you can find more information about that on my website. Cool.
1: Hey, and I didn't mention this at the beginning, but um, you know, I, I was talking to Brewster a couple months yeah. back on the podcast and he was like, you've got to talk to Phil and so here yeah. we are talking which is pretty cool. Here we are. Is there Brewster's someone that dude, you would yeah. recommend that I interview on the podcast next and and why would you? Ch- Recommend them.
0: Well, I would have said if Bruce is a good friend of mine, so I would have I would have said to him. I didn't know that he said that. So, since you've <laughs> already interviewed him, um, oh man, there's a lot of great people. Um, Dave Adamson at, at North Point is killing it in social media. Um, Mark McDonald, it's a good friend of mine that he just wrote a book called "Be Known for Something." That is an incredible communication strategy and great, great need for the church. So both those guys would be great.
1: Okay, cool. Thanks so much. Well, hey, uh, thanks again for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate the time and the insights. I know it's going to be helpful for the churches listening. So thanks so much. Hey, thanks so much. Well, I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Phil as much as I did. Hey, be sure to reach out to him. Go to his website. He's got some great blog entries on there that just have some great insights I think you'll find really helpful. Uh, Hit his website at philbattle.com. You can, if you don't know how to spell it, just go to amplifiedimpact.org. All the links are on the show notes page there. Reach out to him on Twitter. Follow him. Send him a message. Tell him how much you appreciate uh, his time and his insights. Uh, That would be huge. And uh, hope that you'll subscribe in iTunes and you can check out the video on the website, as I mentioned. So, hey, this has been great. Looking forward to another interview coming up here soon. Until then, amp it up.